1: Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. I'm back in the lounge room for internet reasons. Today we have an interview with the press officer of Vini Zabu Pro Team, Valerio Bianco, giving up his time on his weekend to talk to us. You may have seen in the news that Matteo Debonis, a rider on Vini Zabu, who tested positive for EPO in an out of competition test. He hasn't competed in a race so far this year. In 2021, he did compete in races. For Vini last year, it's an AAF, Adverse Analytical Finding, and um, I'm not sure there will be a B-sample test uh, because he might have confessed to it, but we'll hear from Valerio directly about that. Vini Zabu have self-suspended. For now, they're currently at risk of a 14 to 40, 15 to 45-day suspension because they have a second doping taste. In the last 12 months, Matteo Spriatico tested positive for Osterine in the Giro d'Italia last year. The reason we wanted to have Valerio on directly is because this has blown up quite a bit actually on social media. And I know it is doping related, etc. and that gets a lot of headlines, but... Other teams are weighing in, other institutions not directly involved are weighing in. It's getting a bit nasty and political because I think it relates, well, I don't think it's pretty obvious it relates to the zero wildcard selections. The MPCC, which is the movement for cyclism credible, movement for credible cycling, it's a an optional entity that you can join as a professional or even continental cycling team and you take on as part of joining more onerous anti-doping obligations which extend to things you must include in the contracts of your riders uh, which a lot of people don't know about that one that applied to george pridler with his i think sunweb contract you know corticosteroid use even with the a therapeutic, therapeutic use exemption as well as not competing with low cortisol levels, which is related to corticosteroid use. Uh, and MPCC put out a statement despite Vinizabu not being part of their organisation, despite them not being an anti-doping authority and they rarely tweet. I'm talking like three, four tweets this year. They put out a tweet with the timeline of Vini Zabu's issues with anti-doping. Now, UCI or a journalist journalist entity or a cycling news entity want to do that. That's their prerogative. But it seemed politically motivated. We've seen a Tutu Tutu Beachy article that Benji sent me that Androni's uh, manager Requested that the MPCC comment on this directly He obviously is now in the firing line to get zero wildcards. wildcard So <laughs> it's getting a bit nasty You'll remember or you'll notice if you check MPCC's Twitter I don't see any comment on the Dr. Richard Freeman finding And how that affects the credibility of cycling Um So doesn't seem to be a consistent thing they do. What do, you, uh, what do you think about it all, Benji, before we go to Valerio?
0: I think when it comes to uh, in a bonus situation, I think it's uh, it's normal that he's going to get criticism. And I think it's normal that the people are also going to send criticism to uh, a team with a history. But I, uh, I think that when it comes to MPCC, for example, it's a bit weird that they do so. I think... Um, they did so from what we can tell from that Tutabicchi article written by Androni and Johnny Savio, um, that that is the reason why they likely stepped in. And if that is the case, then I wonder if they would have stepped in without anyone asking uh, whether they should step in from a team. I think Savio um, was uh, part of uh, one of the managing members of Of the MPCC in the past or still, I I don't know if he's still in there, um. But I think that's a a pretty dangerous uh precedent. And while I'm pro trying to get to the bottom of everything, I'm not sure the MPCC is the right right organization to step in now when it's a team that is not under them. And just in total, I think um, I think it's also a bit hypocritical knowing that from what I can tell from the history of, like, an Androni themselves, they also have this issue with uh, a timeline that is not very uh, not very great. And as a consequence, I just find it, yeah, special that Johnny Savio is directly the one, or Androni is directly the one that steps in, because it's basically... It feels like it's all political about the wild card to me right now. And I, I think if the wild card situation wasn't there, then Androni wouldn't have bothered stepping in and then the mpcc would likely have not stepped in i would guess and we would have had a very different story and i think the card situation just influenced this so so much
1: yeah i mean vini did used to be an mpcc and then they left but they along with (laughs) about And now the teams have done that. Lotto and El Jumbo left, I think, in 2015 when George Bennett got excluded from the Giro on the basis of their voluntary cortisol tests. And he failed whatever optional test it was, not a actual UCI test, an MPCC test, let's be clear. And. Um, couldn't compete at the year, and then Lotto were like, nah, we're out of MPCC. I think Astana left it. Ironically, Benji, I think the only team to win a Grand Tour that's part of MPCC was Astana for a long time, um, and then they left, <laughs> just left MPCC. <laughs> so, I mean, I like what MPCC sort of stand for, but I don't really understand having the bifurcation of anti-doping responsibilities between the mandatory and the voluntary. I just don't think it's a sustainable solution. I think we'd be better off going to the UCI and making sure corticosteroids in competition, TUE are not uh, prohibited and making sure the teams lobby that are part of MPCC lobby for that to happen. But maybe that's me not understanding the situation. But that's long enough to talk about MPCC One last note before we go to Valerio is why do we have Valerio on? And it's pretty simple. I think this platform should be an open platform for people to come on, whether you think their team's done something wrong or not. I think more information, more discussion is better. I think if you're wanting to listen to me berate someone or Benji berate someone, it's not going to happen. We'll ask questions. people. I answer the questions to the best of their abilities and then the audience can go with it as they wish. I think that's the most productive way to deal with these things. I think castigating people just means you're going to get less information, which isn't good for anti-doping long-term. But With that being said, let's cut to Valerio now. Thanks for coming on to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. For people that don't know, Valerio Bianco is the press officer, communications manager at Vinizabu Zabu Pro Team, Italian Pro Continental Team. And there's been the recent news of the Debonis provisional suspension rider on Vinny Zabu for EPO, no B-sample uh confirmation yet so we wanted to bring Valerio on and we're grateful he's come on to hear his side of things and hear it direct from Vini Zabu because it's been a hot topic in the media uh, so that's why we're doing this so first of all I want to ask Valerio maybe just start from the beginning for people maybe who haven't heard uh, the full story and maybe start give a bit of a timeline from Vini's perspective.
2: Uh, first of all hi everyone Uh, thanks for the invitation everything started uh, on tuesday tuesday morning uh, 6 30 in the morning Uh, i live uh, in san baronto near the headquarters of the team because uh, i come from south of italy but when the races are on when the season is on i stay here in one of the team houses we have two team houses here in San Bronto. And I'm actually living with one of the riders, uh, Gonzales, from Panama. And at 6.30 in the morning, uh, we hear the, someone knocking on the door, and it was the police. So it was like, what? Something happened. It's something that we had uh, already last year uh, during the, the Giro d'Italia, when uh, there was uh, the affair of uh, Matteo Sprefico. Uh, but first of all, we, we couldn't uh, re- reconnect, no? It was 6.30 in the morning, like, police is in my home, checking, not everything, because, for example, they didn't even come in my room. Like, uh, and all the riders uh, were brought into police stations. Uh, all the phones have been taken of the Italian riders, or so the riders who live in Italy. And also from the team management, uh, Lucas Shinto and Angelo citrac our uh, main uh, sport director and uh, our team manager. And, uh, well, police checked everywhere in all the homes. And uh, after we found out that this was because of uh, Matteo De Bonis. Like the team didn't know nothing till, until uh, Tuesday at 630 and then, so in the morning, all all the people was released, uh, so by the police. But still, the phones are uh, under. Uh, the, the, poli- the phones are still from the police because they're trying to see if there is any any organization or any strange things. So this is basically what happened on Tuesday then the day after we called uh, Matteo De Bonis here in the headquarters because Matteo De Bonis lives uh, uh, near Rome uh, he came here with his father and his lawyer and what he did here he was talking to us to the management i was here as well in this in this room i mean the office of the, of the team and he confessed everything he did we uh, he released this declaration and we sent it uh, with our lawyers and his lawyer to uh, the police and to UCI. So we gave all the documentation, all the contacts, because this is very important. It was not only, oh, I did it myself, uh, the team does not, no, there's something more. He said, who sell uh, this uh, doping to him? How did he use? Where did he use? So uh, this is, I think, the most important thing. Like. Uh, it's not only the team did nothing but like i, I want to to um, give these names and i want to feel clean also so this could be like something very useful for the team himself because there is something that like a lot of people is ranting now on the social media this week but no one thinks that behind these there are like more than 30 people working here 30 families and like everything is in danger now but that's
1: surprising. That the timeline seems to be the UCI getting the positive sample, telling the police before the team. I guess it makes sense because if people don't know, I think doping is a criminal matter in Italy, uh, not in yeah. all countries.
0: I think indeed on uh, social media we had uh, a lot of people calling uh, calling Vinizabu out for it and so forth. Um, well, you mentioned, uh, yeah, there are people working obviously behind the scenes and they have families. And uh, what, for example, could you give an example of some stuff that happened that is like not okay? Or uh, yesterday morning, uh, I went to the
2: police station here because someone crossed the line too much. They even called call me out on my profile, my personal profile, and some of my family members' profile on, on the social media. This is absurd. This, this is criminal. This is criminal because it's it's my private life and the private life of someone of my family and you cannot come in and like, people is really uh, are, can I say can I say bad words? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People is fucked because if, if they think this is so, I went and I went yesterday to the police station because this is not possible, not yeah. acceptable. Uh, I know everyone is bored because there is a pandemic on, but you cannot uh, you cannot do this. Uh, I can accept if someone who's not part of cycling uh, comes on the social medias and say, lah, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this I can accept. I can accept the jokes, but I cannot accept people coming on my personal profile and uh, ranting me or insulting me for what.
1: Yeah, that seems a bit... Over the top, but when you talk about the you know thirty riders, thirty members of the team, staff included, now I think this is the second uh, case in twelve month period. So there's the possibility that the UCI could impose a fifteen to 40, 45 day uh, suspension on the Vini Zabu. That could bring Najira at d'Italia into doubt. What would that mean for the team? And for a lot of the riders, I mean, and how important, I mean, a lot of our audience are not Italian, so they don't understand, maybe. So if you could explain how important is the Giro wildcard to an Italian Pro Conti team?
2: The wildcard is so important because it's the most uh, followed event in Italy, even more than the Tour de France or the World Championships. Uh, The Giro d'Italia gives uh, a lot of brief. To the team because uh, we as an Italian team uh, most of our sponsors are Italian and yeah. the visibility that the Giro gives is not compared to any other race here in Italy that's why when you go to look for sponsors the first thing they ask you is are you going to ride the Giro d'Italia or, and this is always like for a pro team like us we we just tend to the mm, answers of the organization, of the wildcards is just uh, yeah, maybe so it's very hard, that's why it's very hard to find some some sponsors, so the Jew Italia for us is very, very important it was very difficult to survive two years ago when we were left out from the wildcards and I cannot imagine what can happen if we, we're not going to be at the start this year so that's why we yeah. wait for this answer that's why we want to not to hurry up, but like we want to show that we are, we, we, we don't have nothing to do with this. Even if it's the second, you say it's the second case in a few months, but uh, it's, there's really nothing we can do more than doing what we already do in, uh, like uh, the analysis with the biological passport. And you can clearly see that a rider that in 2021. Before the start of the season, because our season started one month later, as a training camp, because we all of the first races we were on has been cancelled for the COVID. Like, how can you relate this uh, this doping case to something that the team has done or ordered to this guy? Like, this is what I I don't see. That's what I, we're trying to explain. Like. Uh, then it's going to be up to the FBI to do the investigation, to the police. But this is what we want to... This is what we are trying to say.
1: Uh, Yes, so what you're saying is if one rider decides to dope of their own accord, that's not evidence of a systemic problem within the team if he's confessed that it's not from the team. Um, And I guess you're... Vini Zabu, if people don't know, I think you've elected to self-suspend from racing for a period of time. You're going to do Tudor's Alps. Uh, so until this is lined out with the UCI, typically from what I've seen, the UCI takes actually quite a while and then need to wait for the B sample to in- apply the suspension. But just from – some people might be saying, though, uh, Valerio okay. – Oh, sorry, go can I interrupt
2: on. interrupt you once Yes, yeah, sure. There, there is no be There is no b Oh, because
1: he's confessed. Sorry, my mistake. There's okay. no B-sample. What would you say, though, to the people who may say, we accept your point, Valerio. You you, you can be looking at their uh, bio passport yourselves, taking all the tests, tracking their data, so you know yourselves internally what people are doing. But what would you say to people who and the MPCC somewhat, I think, inappropriately published that timeline on Twitter, who would say, well, this is not an isolated occurrence. There's been this happening um, a couple of times, maybe every two years. That being said until last year's Euro, nothing since 2016. But yeah, what would your answer be to the people saying this is not an isolated occurrence?
2: Well, uh, our answer to MPCC was easy because like, we are talking now with UCI and with the police. We don't have to talk with anyone else. And uh, the fact that they they, published, they posted this timeline, it's, I think it's very inappropriate because uh inside of that organization which is not which is not uh, our organization because we are we have uci and we have police to refer uh, there are teams that they have the same they had the same problems that we have but for this we not like say that these teams are guilty because once you work once you work in cycling team you start to understand and to see the movements like if uh, uh, a rider from another team uh, would be caught, I would never say that the team is guilty because I see how we work and I see how the other teams work. And I think that the la- it's not because I work in a team, but I think team can't have responsibilities when you clearly see that this is a- the-, the case cross the line. Like the guy went for EPO, like. Like in the 90s or like, that's ago. a good
1: point. That's that is, <laughs> yeah, that's- <laughs> I have to say, that is only a good only, point. Sorry. It's kind of like Rico only- getting caught at McDonald's. Yeah, it's like it's so amateur that there's no way, like, I wouldn't assume the team is involved if with something like that. But yeah, Benji, do you want to jump in? Do you have any additional questions?
0: Yeah, I have an additional question when it comes to the uh, self suspension. Um, I read that there was going to be an internal investigation by Vinizabu to look into it. Is that, for example, done by the team itself, or would it involve a third party to look into uh, the situation? Or how is that done? Uh, like the, inv- the internal investigation, like how does that work? The internal investigation
2: was when we called the guy up to the, our headquarters, and he said whatever he did. Then there is an investigation from uh, from now the police or the NAS. Uh, they are investigating. So we we decided to self-suspend because it's, with this on, it doesn't make sense to go and, and race. We hope it's going to be quick and uh, we, we just wait. But we, we know that there could be also a chance that we're not going to race the Giro Italia. We, that's for sure. But uh, with this self-suspension, we want to show that we are cooperating and we're not uh, we're not co- even me here it's if if i was feeling like dirty or guilty i will never come here and talk to you so yeah the, and the team wants to show it's open to collaborate and to talk about this because it's just something totally external to the team
1: yeah i get that and acknowledging that say the team's had no involvement directly with the bonus and this issue, but is there anything, maybe it's too early to know, that the team might change going forward, either with looking into the riders they're giving contracts to? um, Is there anything the team could have changed changed going forward to prevent something like this? Kind of like with, with Education First, when they had that bloke who popped not on Education First, but he had issues with the team beforehand. I thought, well, did they not look into him properly, really deeply, not just the data? But yeah, is there anything Vinny Zabu was thinking about changing?
2: Well, uh, I have to tell you, we have from since 2014, I think, because I wasn't working yet, uh, yeah. We had a junior, we have a junior team, uh, named junior team uh, Franco Ballerini but the italian rules don't let us uh make the jump of the rider straight from the juniors to the uh, pro category they have to do at least one year of under 23. but for example in our team now we got some riders who raced with us uh, in the junior team and also in our under 23 team we had uh, an under 23 team for one year and this is one uh, kind of solution but with the fact that the team with not a big budget uh, we don't have a, a high budget as to sign 20 riders changed a lot because um, you you are forced to, to take riders that maybe have uh, they don't request a lot of money uh, riders uh, consider that four riders with the minimum uh, salary cost to the team between the salary and the biological passport and all the analyses and tests it costs for only four riders is like 160,000 euros and that's a lot and for a team who doesn't have a big budget uh, you have to you have to take riders that they don't request so much money you can trust in some riders like the riders that grew up with us so that we know from many years from the junior team but then you have to find also these riders and you accept the risk, but like us, it's all the other teams that they have more or less the same kind of salary of uh, salary of budget. But until we don't get a big, big, big uh, sponsor, it's going to be like this. You take the risk, and uh, these things can happen.
1: What do you think about the current UCR rules that almost deem it an automatic suspension with two riders? testing positive in a 12-month period, do you think that rule is unfair on the teams? Do you think that rule needs to not be applied directly if the rider admits, in as it seems in the bonus case, that the team had nothing to do with it? Do you think that should be like an exception to that rule?
2: Maybe an exception would be okay, but I think the rule is okay. Yeah. because uh, um, this could be like also something to say to the riders. Like, consider like if you do these kind of things, if you dope, and everyone is going to be damaged—the sponsors, your colleagues, your team members. Uh, I think the rule is okay, but then when something like this comes on, UCI should be able to decide whether if this rule can be. Modified, uh, simplified, but I think that the suspension is uh, right.
1: Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah, and I think it's kind of cropped up in previous years, not been applied applied directly. Um, i got to say, I feel like the Giro wildcard, without passing judgment myself, because I don't know exactly what's happened on with Zinni Zabu, but from my perspective, it seems like the Jira wildcard has politicised this issue quite a lot and has motivated a lot of people uh, to go on the internet and write about it and talk about it a lot because that wildcard announcement was very controversial before this happened. There was a lot of talk about it, so that seems... To be a big motivation to me as to why this is been on the airwaves so much as well uh, but i think the self-suspension is a good move you coming on is good move and um i think yeah openness etc is the way to go do you know when the police outcome or the air investigation will be published do they give you any indication uh the UCI say we gotta wait for the police investigation to finish before we pass our judgment, or is it you kind of in the dark, advini Zabu
2: No, we we're just waiting, uh, just oh, waiting. Okay. Um, nothing. Yeah. Uh, no. Yesterday was coming out on Gazzetta dello Sport that there could be like a judgment uh, before twenty second of April, but yeah, we don't, we don't really know.
1: And how are the riders in the team, the other riders, coping? Are they obviously concerned about it, annoyed that maybe their names are getting dragged through the mud too? What's the feeling amongst the riders?
2: Sure, sure, because uh, (laughs) they came in the homes with the families and a lot of riders are a bit pissed off. Yeah. Uh, I have to tell you an example. Here in San Baronto, we have uh, Daniel Pearson, and he, after a, a months and months, he was finally able to come here in Italy. He was ready to, to race through the Alps. And I, I saw him also, like, a bit, uh, not depressed, but, you know, these days they don't know. They they, they train, but they don't know for which race, so yeah. when they're going to be able to, to be back. But there's a lot of people is very angry. Like, the team is actually very angry, yeah uh, we see we see what what's gonna be yeah all right well
1: we'll wait to see what happens uh hopefully it all comes out in the wash and um thanks for coming on valera. we really appreciate you giving up your time on the weekend to come on the podcast uh, and I'm sure the listeners particularly because a lot of them are in north america u k and australia uh Appreciate hearing your perspective directly. Thanks very much.